All right, episode number five. My thanks to James Lynch, who uh, joined me last week to talk just about everything. Man, me and James dug deep on the emails. We talked about Colby Covington, talked about our lives in MMA media, talked about how me and him are going to meet up in Boston a couple of weeks. Uh, I got to tell you, James is probably my best buddy in all of MMA media. So my thanks to him for joining me last week. Uh, I've been slow on the podcast, guys. I apologize. I've been writing and putting out so much shit and working on stuff. All the while working my regular job uh, at the Worldwide Leader now. So uh, we need to get some female flavor in here, though. So, um, Storm, I'm going to ask you one question. Please, and be honest with me. I know we talked a little bit off air. How much of that garbage-ass card did you watch this weekend? Um, I tuned in for a few of the prelims um, and then actually the entire main card. So I wasn't there for the early prelims, but I was keeping up with them as they were going on. Storm Carter writes for the Scrap, Unknown MMA. Uh, I think she's the first female to join us in a little bit. We've got to start diversifying a little bit more. So uh, I became familiar with your work reading you on the Scrap. I must say, I must say I, I, I'm a fan. Uh, I like what you're doing. Uh, I'm really you. happy to. I'm really happy to be able to link up with you. Thanks. <sighs> Feeling is mutual. I appreciate the opportunity. No worries. I, I don't know where to start with Mexico. It's the second week of 12 weeks in a row of cards. I have to imagine that that's hurting the product a little bit. The only interesting fight on this card ended after about what 13 seconds between Jeremy Stevens and and, and uh, Yair Rodriguez. Super unfortunate. Right, yeah. Super unfortunate. I wrote right after it that I, I, I thought they should just rebook the fight immediately. Uh, where do you stand on this? Should they just rebook this fight immediately? Boston doesn't have a co-main event. Uh, the Tampa card is, is a little eh. I, I'd even be open to putting this fight in Copenhagen this weekend coming up if there was, there was an opportunity to do that. Oh, for sure. I definitely think, especially with the animosity behind the two in light of UFC Mexico, I think they're they're definitely going to be looking to rebook this fight for a card before the end of the year. Um, from the sound of it, it seems like Jeremy Stevens is wanting to do it on U.S. soil. And UFC Boston definitely does need a co-main event, so I would not be mad at putting it on that. Or even UFC 244 just to stack it even more so. Um, so I, I'm looking for that fight to be rebooked anytime now, especially since... You know, he went on the Helwani show earlier today and said that he only had two lacerations and a bruise, so that should heal up pretty quickly. What in the world can – this is now – we saw it in Bellator. We just saw it last week with Todd Duffy quitting on an eye poke. What, what the fuck can we do about making sure that our main events get protected from eye pokes? Because should we, should we toy with the gloves? Should we take points away? I was talking to UFC heavyweight Sean McCorkle uh, earlier today, and – he believes that people should just – he fought 27 professional fights, and he never poked anybody in the eye. Um, he believes some of this is honestly intentional. I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I think, honestly, just start taking points away and, and, and call that fight a no contest. I think that should have went as a loss for Yair Rodriguez. We should not I, be looking at that as – go ahead. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that at at some point, you know, like you've said, there's been so many lately, and it's just – so anticlimactic when you're ready for the main event and then things just go down that way. I really think they need to start doing these things as disqualifications, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, it's not like it's a, it's not been a rule forever that you keep your hands closed. You don't want to poke your opponent in the eye because things like this happen, you know, and the eye is such a sensitive area for injuries like that to happen. And, 
you know, at some point we've got to start giving these fighters repercussions so that they are more careful. I mean, they don't give people a chance to hit him in the back of the head multiple times. They disqualify. I mean, it's, it is what it is. We've got to start being more strict on things like this so that main events and I mean, this is the second main event in combat sports recently that's been ended because of an eye poke rather quickly. And it's just, it's crazy, man. We gotta, we gotta start punishing people for their mistakes so that they are more careful. Crazy scene at the end too, with the Mexican fans throwing in bottles and you know, I obviously would never condone anybody doing anything that, that could potentially hurt fighters, but you know what? You spend that kind of money, you invest that kind of time to see it end like that. I, I, I get their frustration. Oh, absolutely. I understand the frustration. I mean, we all were frustrated. Do I think that's the correct way to act? In no way, shape, or form. I mean, Jeremy Stevens didn't spend six weeks in Mexico City for this fight to end in 15 seconds, I promise you. And it's his first no contest in 45 professional fights. I mean, this is not something that either one of these men wanted to happen. So I definitely think that the fans need to be more prepared for, I mean, UFC events are so unpredictable. Things like this happen all the time, and and we have to be more prepared as fans and show respect where respect is due because these people leave their families and they put their lives on hold to put a show on for us. So when things like this happens, we still need to make sure we, we carry that same respect for the fighters. Great, great way to put it. I mean, honestly, two guys, the last two guys on the UFC roster I would see uh, ducking a fight would be Jeremy Stevens and Yair Rodriguez. Certainly they're both warriors. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. There was some there was some stuff afterwards that, of course, I, I would never agree with either. And you, you made a great point about Stevens. He really only gets his show money at this point, so he actually lost money taking this fight. I, I think that can't be understated. 100%. I mean, we all know that Jeremy Stevens goes for that bonus in every fight he comes to. He comes to perform, and he didn't get his opportunity to do that. What other big big takeaways from the card? I know you watched the main card. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I I, I totally checked out of this card. I, I really did. Um, there was an interesting spinning back fist knockout. Oh man, uh, Steven Rondo. Peterson. He showed out that night. I mean, I've never seen a spinning back fist to spinning back fist knockout before in my life, and that was just beautiful. Seven spinning back fists in UFC history. What an incredible performance. He was the underdog coming into that fight too, and he just really showed the world that he's here for a reason. He's on the biggest stage in combat sports for a reason. Fortis MMA is no joke. Yeah, Fortis MMA is continually producing uh, uh, some of the best fighters in the world right now. Honestly, I think I've written this. I've talked about it in the past. I've talked to Saif and written about him, the head coach there. Um, I think they might be the best gym in MMA right now. I really mean that. I don't think I can disagree with you there. I mean, they're just constantly, it's constantly killers coming out of that gym. I mean, at some point you have to acknowledge that and give credit where credit's due. Looking ahead real quick. Again, we just have two back-to-back cards that leave a lot to be desired. Do you know what the co-main event of UFC Copenhagen is? I'm not going to be mad at you. Excuse me, the main event. I'm not going to be mad at you because I asked 10 people today, what the main event was, and six out of ten couldn't name what the main event is for this weekend's card. Do you know? Yes, absolutely. It's Jared Cannonier versus Jack Hermanson. Jared fucking Cannonier. I've actually done event. a piece on him, man, and he, what a stud. He's a, he's in the main event against Jack Hermanson. Uh, I actually love this fight. I'll be I'll be I'll be all over this fight this weekend. Jack Hermanson is uh, a guy who I tabbed a bit ago as maybe one of the better middleweights in the world, certainly a guy who's going to challenge for a title someday. 
Um, with you with UFC 243 right around the corner, um, I, I could see Jack Hermanson w- winning this fight and then potentially getting right into that title picture. I love this main event this weekend, man. I do too. I mean, I I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if coming out of this weekend they wanted him to fight maybe one more top contender in the division. I would love to see him go against Paolo Acosta. But, you know, for me, I think Jack Hermanson has a tough battle ahead of him and Jared Cannonier this weekend. I mean, he's no slouch. This guy's put in work to be where he is, and his last win was over one of the greatest middleweights of all time. So we've got to give credit to both of these guys coming in. This is going to be an all-out work. I'm excited for it. It's an exciting card. We have Macy Chase on returning. Of course, she's got a great story. Gunnar Nelson's on the card. The co-main Man. event is between Mark Manson and Danilo Bellardo. I have no idea who either one of those guys are. Uh, Khalil Roundtree Jr. and Ian Kudaleba. Kudaleba is a great young prospect who just lost to Clover Teixeira. Um, of course, Khalil Roundtree has sort of had a career resurgence himself. Yeah, I'm excited. It's a, it's a, it's a somewhat deep card. Again, you get a chance to see a guy in her Manson who, who might be the greatest middleweight in the world. Honestly, I mean that. Um, great submission skills. I'm excited for it. It's just, again, Storm, I, I have a hard time with 12 straight weeks of fight cards getting excited for every one of these fight cards. I really do. It, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of time put in this, this, uh, in these past few weeks as far as like the cards are concerned. And then you've got other, other, um, events going on outside of the UFC. So it's, it's a lot to keep up with, but I'm definitely still excited to see the outcome of this weekend's card. Man, got Fortis MMA in there again this weekend with Macy Chiaison. I think she's going to show out this weekend. I'm excited for that. And as you said, Bill Roundtree, I mean, man, he has really come to a new level with his Muay Thai skills. I mean, the clinic he put on Eric Anders earlier this year makes me so excited to see him back in there and see if he can keep that same energy. Um, I, I, I'm really excited for this weekend. I'm not going to lie to you. 12 weeks straight of fight cards. Is that something that, in your opinion, is a good thing or a bad thing? I feel like we can't digest. You know, it's only Monday, so of course we're still talking about what happened this weekend. But I just feel like by Wednesday, Storm, we already forgot about what happened. I can agree with you there. I think that maybe one bye week put in there may help us out a little bit as far as giving us that that minute to just digest everything that's happened. Um, but I definitely am a more of an addictive personality when it comes to MMA. So I don't necessarily mind it. I pretty much set aside my Saturday nights for this anyways. Um, so I'm a little bit biased in that because I, I love it. I could watch it every day if they allowed me to. <laughs> so you think it's a good thing, 12 weeks straight? You, you think there's enough fighters on the roster to be able to turn out uh, decent cards that are worthy of our time then? Uh, I mean, the cards recently have been worth our time, in my opinion, but I do think that if they keep going this way, you know, obviously everybody can't fight every single month, so they're going to have to slow it down, and I think they do a pretty good job of that, like during the summer and during the first part of the year. I think they're really just trying to close off the first year with ESPN for the bank. Sure. Just real quickly, I want to read off to you the upcoming main events. All right? Hold on one second. Um, because I did this the other day, and they're, they're really not bad. They're really, they're actually not bad. Um, so, of course, this weekend we are um, we're in Copenhagen with Hermanson and Jared Cannonier. Say what you will about Jared Cannonier, I'm not sure he's ready for a main event spot. That's just me. 
then we go to Melbourne, of course, UFC 243, which is Whitaker and Adesanya. I don't need to say more. I think that's the, the absolute best fight of the year. I'm so excited for that fight. I've been saying it for six months. I cannot wait for this fight. Um, then we go right to Tampa, Ioanni and Jacek and Michelle Watterson. Love that main event. I love it. Um, then we go to Boston, a totally misplaced main event between Dominic Reyes and Chris Weidman, which has absolutely zero, zero juice here in the city. I can absolutely tell you that. I'm standing uh, a half a mile away from where the event's going to take place. Literally nobody cares. Uh, then we go to Singapore, uh, UFC fight night on October 26th, Damian Maia and Ben Askren. Great fight. Love that card. UFC 244 again. No need, no need to say anymore. Jorge Masvidal and... Uh, well, Wikipedia says Masvidal versus McGregor, but we know it's Masvidal and Nate Diaz, so uh, that's interesting. Uh, Dos Santos and Alexander Volkov in Russia the next week. Jan Blakowicz and Jacare in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Then it's uh, Capital Arena on December 7th in Washington, D.C. Right now, Walt Harris and Alistair Overham is the main event. I'm going to tell you now that that card is going to be main evented by Colby Covington and Kamaru Usman, probably, from everything I'm hearing right now, so... Um, yeah, and that leads us right into UFC 245, which is right now headlined by Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky. In my opinion, that's a pretty good string, three months worth of main events. Man, that is going to be absolutely amazing. Every single one of those I'm excited to hear about, except for, like you said, Chris Weidman versus Reyes. There's just not a lot of hype behind that fight, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I'm excited to see how Chris Weidman does moving up in weight, but... Other than that, I think Dominic Reyes' last performance was pretty um, not amazing, to say the least. Left a lot to be desired. Yeah, I agree. Yes. He's not ready. Whoever wins that fight, they might position against John Jones, and, and that's not a good thing. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I'm really excited to hear that Max Holloway versus Volkanovski was finally booked. I think Volkanovski's done more than earn his uh, opportunity to fight for the title. I think that's going to be an amazing fight card. Um, didn't they, they just booked the co-main event for that fight as well. What was the co-main event? It was. Um, it's gonna, it's uh, Dana White says he wants three title fights on UFC 245. So right now we have uh, Mina Nunes and Jermaine Duran to me. That's it. Volkanovski. That's, um, yes. They're going to put a third title fight on it. I don't know what it would be right now. Um, my guess, I wrote it yesterday, it would be uh, the interim 135. I would guess it's going to be between Aljamain Sterling and Peter Jan. I, I don't know. I'm guessing. What a firefight that would be. I'm really excited to see GDR in there with Nunez, too. I mean, it's it's hard to say that Amanda Nunez is not the goat of women's MMA at this point. I mean, she has definitely proved herself time and again, and I think GDR is going to be a really good test for her. I agree. I think that's low-key, a very tough matchup for Amanda Nunes, honestly. 100%, because GDR has the gas tank to go all night. And, I mean, Amanda's going to have to come in there like she did against Cyborg and really go hard in that first round if she wants that, that to come out on top in that. I'm interested, too, on what would, honestly, what would, I mean, the third title fight that night, if they're going to do it, I mean, that's a lot of time. If they all go five minutes, you're talking 75 minutes, just three fights. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Jones will be ready. I'm sure, actually, I'm sure Jones will be ready, but who would, I mean, who would he go against? Walker? Um, I mean, that would be rushing him, and that's assuming he gets past Corey Anderson uh, at 244. Or Anderson, uh, for all of his wrestling credentials, doesn't move the needle. I have no interest in Corey Anderson, John Jones fight. I thought maybe they would have done Jan Blakovich, but Blakovich is now booked. I mean, who would it be, honestly? I, that that's the best question or the best answer for that. I mean, John Jones, like you said, Blaschewitz was what I thought was next, and I thought they were um, building up that fight. But 
Like you said, he was booked. So I don't know who Jones is going to go against next. I think he's got to wait for some some people to win, some people to lose, and then we'll move forward with his next defense. If I'm the UFC and I like money as much as I think they do, I, I tell John Jones, there's nobody for you at 205, and there's not going to be anyone for you for a long time. Let's throw him a shit ton of money, move him up to heavyweight against a guy who also doesn't have a fight in Francis Ngannou. If you oh, want to make man. some money, that's the matchup to make right now. Francis man. Ngannou has no fight. Daniel Cormier and Stipe are going to do this again. That's going to set him back six months. He's already beaten Curtis Blades twice. We've seen the fight against Derek Lewis. It was an absolute shit show. He's not going to, I mean, I see nothing for Francis Ngannou right now either. I don't know if Jones would be willing to take that fight. I would love to see that as a fan of uh, combat sports, but I just don't know that Jones is ready to move up to heavyweight right now. I think he's still trying to build his legacy in light heavyweight, even though that is just not one of the most stacked divisions in the UFC. I mean, for a long time, it's always just been him in D.C. Um, so I definitely anticipate the day that Jones does move up to heavyweight, but I think he wants to build his resume a little bit longer first, even though it's not going to be necessarily the highest class opponents or his equal class. Let me not say the highest class, but his equal class is not in that division. I'm just, I'm just looking at the top 10 light heavyweights right now. I mean, it's just fucking nobody. It's just yeah. a wasteland. I mean, Volkan Aljamir, I mean, he's coming off a loss, so they wouldn't do him. Uh, I mean, unless somebody's going to, you know what, I'll give you a wild card, a fight I would love to see. Storm, I've been calling for this fight for five years. This is a guy who cannot make weight at 185 pounds. He uh, is an excellent wrestler who's been through the oh. wars, and that's Yoel Romero. Oh, man. That is a dream fight for me. Yoel Romero is without a doubt one of my favorite UFC fighters. Definitely in my top five. Just complete savage, and you're absolutely right. He has the most difficult time making I don't understand why he hasn't moved up yet, but, I mean, he goes in there, and it is always going to be a war when you see Romero on that card. And matter of fact, Joel Romero is the reason that I watch UFC. I mean, he is the reason I got into this sport, and I can't can't deny that I would love that fight. And it's and it's honestly Jones has really made his bones lately, no pun intended, mm-hmm. uh, fighting former former middleweights. I mean, Anthony Smith was a middleweight, Thiago Santos was a middleweight. Uh, I, I just I mean, all these guys were former middleweights, so it would make sense. And honestly, every one of them had an easier time making weight than Yoel Romero. Yoel Romero doesn't make 185 pounds all that well. And honestly, there's nothing more for him there. He's lost to the champion twice in Whitaker. He just lost to Paulo Costa. Um, I don't think anybody's thirsting if Israel Adesanya wins that fight, and he's not the number one contender. Short of retirement, moving to light heavyweight seems like the only thing to do. I agree, and I think that if he does move to light heavyweight, we'll see a new Yoel Romero. We'll see a new um, energy level inside of him without having to cut weight to that extent. Um, and I would, I would love to see John go up against a decorated wrestler such as Yoel Romero. I think it would be an amazing fight. Sure. Um, we've got about 10 minutes left. Thank you. You give me 20 minutes of your time, and I'm glad we could connect. Um, what's your excitement level for John for uh, DC and Steve Miocic Part 3 that's allegedly in the works right now? I wrote this last week and the week prior. I knew Daniel Cormier wasn't going out like that. I knew this fight was going to happen, and honestly, I'm totally okay with it. Oh, 100%. I mean, DC is, without a doubt, one of the most respectable and just – great people that fight in the UFC. He is absolutely a 
amazing person. And not only that, he is a decorated fighter, and he absolutely deserves this rematch. I mean, he had so much going on in his personal life at the time. He lost his father shortly after this fight. Um, on the Hawani show earlier today that I was watching, he also said that he, you know, usually has his parents ringside at all his fights. I mean, this was – I think that this was a case of his personal life coming into the octagon with him, not only – not trying to discredit Stipe in any way. Stipe won that fight. I mean, that body – go into the body. That was a genius move for him. Um, and I do not think that – if I'm being honest with you, I don't see a different outcome coming into the last fight. I mean, Stipe had went through a war with Francis Ngannou shortly before that fight. I can't lie and say that, you know, I wasn't for Stipe in both fights as well. But I think that DC definitely has earned his rights to call for a rematch, especially after giving Stipe the rematch when he didn't have to, even though it was the right thing to do. Yeah, I just don't see Daniel Cormier going out with a loss. I just think that he thinks that Stipe Miocic is a winnable fight. And again, you know, for 18 minutes of that fight, he was, honestly, if that went to the cards, even if Stipe dominated the second part, I still think Daniel would have won that fight. Oh, 100%. I can't, I can't lie to you and say that he wasn't winning that fight going into that. But Stipe made a brilliant adjustment. I mean, it was just like, it's like a game of chess between these two men. You know, DC found Stipe's weakness in the first fight. Stipe found DC so let's see how the third plays out. I just feel like the main reason why MMA fighters lose is because they get away from what they do great. If you watch the first half of that fight, Daniel was dominating him on the ground and inexplicably tried to make it a firefight. And that's always a problem. That's not what he does well. He knocked him out the first time, but I, I think he fell in love with that a little bit. Oh, 100%. I mean, DC, he had the ability to... Like you said, he had the ability to keep going and win that decision, but even he stated after that fight that he was just not listening to his coaches. His mind wasn't in it, and he wasn't doing what he needed to do to get the win. So I think that had a, a played a huge part in why he did not come out victorious in that fight, and I'm definitely anxious to see the rematch because I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. I know I said I'm going to take Stipe, but I wouldn't be surprised to see either man come out on top. Last question, I'll get you out on is tony ferguson the only fight for khabib right now oh tony ferguson is absolutely the only fight for khabib i mean this seems like the the fight that we're never going to get to see but i sure hope that's the only <laughs> fight that they're looking to book right now because i think that all of fans around the world need to see more of tony ferguson i mean he is just a complete one-of-a-kind type fighter and i think that he's going to present a whole new challenge for Khabib and I think that Khabib is is wanting that challenge as well I mean I know he keeps talking about GSP but even GSP came forward and said that he needs to fight Tony first I mean Tony deserves this opportunity what is it 12 straight now that he's won against all studs I mean nobody he fights is is an amateur by any means he comes in there and he performs every single time and you never know what he's going to do there is no way that the next fight for Khabib does not say Tony Ferguson I just hope we get it sooner rather than later. I would love to see it before the end of the year, honestly. I would too, but I really would be surprised if Khabib would would return again before the end of the year. I'd be looking more towards the beginning of next year, but man, I hope they I really really hope they book this fight. And let's keep speaker boxes and wires out of the way of Tony Ferguson <laughs> coming up to that. Get him fight. some clear lens glasses, please. Seriously. Um, we I can remember, even push him uh, around in a wheelchair if we need to. We need to preserve that man. 
I was in I was in Brooklyn for UFC 223. It was it was Tony Ferguson. Then it was going to be Max Holloway, but he couldn't make the weight. He actually had to get stopped by the commission. Then it was going to be Paul Felder, and then eventually they got to Al Quinta. What a um, fight was that insane, was, though. Yeah, it was. Uh, Al's uh, one of the best lightweights in the world. When uh, doesn't quit, doesn't break. Uh, very tough guy. Don't know if he'll ever be a world champion. Been on my podcast a couple times. He's a good guy. Um, he's he's a guy who um, will give everybody problems. Let's put it that way. He gives everybody problems. Absolutely. Uh, where are we? 25 minutes deep into this storm. Um, so tell me a little bit where you write and um, tell me where we can connect with you on social media. So I write for Unknown MMA, and I'm also a writer for The Scrap as well. Um, if you haven't heard of Unknown MMA, you should definitely give us a follow on Twitter. We're putting out everything that you don't know about MMA, um, and, or at least trying to. We've also got a couple podcasts. We've got Afterthoughts with uh, Johan Castro, and then we've also got Amanda Sanchez. She has her Undiscovered podcast. Definitely tune in for both of those. They put out some great content every single week. Um, and then on top of that, like I said, I write for The Scrap as well. I'm getting ready to actually start a series with them, so stay tuned for more news on that. But I'm excited for the future. Awesome, Storm. Thanks. You gave me 30 minutes of your time. Um, let's do this again soon. Let's reconnect uh, during a card where we have a little bit more to chew on. How's that? Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much, man. Get home, get some rest, man. Talk to you soon, okay? All righty. Thanks.